One game, all the marbles. I'm joined by Anthony Wiggins of the Locked On Jaguars, and we will have a fun crossover to see which team will come out on top of the AFC South. And this boy just used my whole government name. Let's get it. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, 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 Jags fans, Texans fans, to this Thursday's episode of the Locked On Texans, Locked On Jaguars crossover show. I'm joined by, of course, Tony Wiggins, the Locked On local football analyst for the Jags. I'm John Hickman, your Locked On host for the Houston Texans. We'll be diving into the keys to victory and predictions for Sunday's matchup, the biggest storylines between the Jags and the Houston Texans, and how this battle for the AFC South I think is one that a lot of people did not expect, but here we are, week 11, I believe, week 11 in the NFL, and a lot of implications on the line. We, we got the playoffs, we got uh, seeding, we got division. What, what's going to happen, man? What's, 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 how's it been for you guys? <laughs> and by the way, remember that conversation who called this could happen this year early in the offseason and said, you know, I think Texas could win this division? I said that, didn't I? I didn't say y'all going to win no division. I did say y'all weren't gonna be the, the cellar dwellers, though. Didn't I say that? You did say that. We, that's what we can. In fact, agree. I thought I said uh, y'all gonna be fighting it out with Indy to see who's gonna be the other team. Correct. I believe him. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. ain't no belief. All right. I ain't prime. I, right. I ain't asking if you believe. I'm telling you what you said. <laughs> and you know we got the evidence that that's what happened. No, man. But um, very very interesting year. Very interesting surprise that this season, um, that a lot of how this season is going to go will come down to this game. You know, my family, I got two daughters that live in Houston now. So it's, okay. uh, yeah, and they're going to the game too. And I told them, hey, you know what? Look for Cody or John if somebody's trying we'll to bother you. We'll yeah, so, so my thing is, uh, um, it's a very, very interesting game. It's, it's interesting that it came down to, that it's going to come down to, Either it's going to be a separation Sunday or everybody's going to be all tied up and it's going to you know, depend on what people do from that point forward. Another interesting part of it is the quarterback situation. There are a lot of people right now, you see the dudes on, on social media talking about, if you could start a franchise right now, who would you start? And they're forgetting about Trevor Lawrence already. So a lot of the C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in the AFC stuff. We get to let all of that stuff get hashed out this weekend and i'm looking really forward to it. we'll go through this talk about the battle for the afc south look at the biggest storylines in segment two and then segment three keys to victory and we'll make a prediction i'm gonna tell y'all y'all i ain't gonna i ain't gonna mm. even try to lead you into it y'all know what i'm gonna say but uh you know what i'm gonna say i know what I, you're gonna I, say the fool i ain't worried about you, you I, about, ain't uh, nobody worried about you <laughs> this is what i'm see, talking about I this see, is what i'm living for right no, now i, I think cody was too about... scared to show up again i know he's gonna be like i got so many jobs and i got a lot of work no you don't you ain't want to deal with me that's what it I mean, is but i think right now he's at the rockets game getting ready for the rockets okay but i did want to ask you about travis Etienne. yeah uh the production from him started off really hot at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. Has kind of fallen in the last couple of games. He was a player that, you know, you really got to account for for this Jags offense. One of the playmakers, 
But I do want to ask you about Travis Etienne. What's happening with him? Why is he not being as explosive or dynamic as he's been early on in the season? And the connection that a lot of us thought would be a top five connection in the NFL between Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley. Why hasn't that been more consistent? All right, so let's get to the first one. Uh, you're right. Cal, uh, Travis Etienne did start out really, really hot, right? And because he started out really, really hot and the passing game wasn't really, really hot, folks started taking him out. And they they really been focused on him. And because of that, he hasn't been as productive. But he is still a factor because they're paying him so much attention. I got to remind people, the Jaguars are not three and seven. They're seven they're and three. They're so. Not. So while they haven't had uh, a whole bunch of clean games, they're coming off the cleanest game they played all year. They're coming off of that uh, just the other day. Oh, against a bad team. Everybody worried about Tennessee right now. But the thing is, is <laughs> shout out, to, shout out to Tyler from Lockdown shout, Titans. Shout out to Tic Tac Titans. What's going on with you? But I say the same thing to you. I ain't gonna say it behind your back. If you was right here right now, I say the same thing, and you know it. But yeah. um, and and you know what? He probably wouldn't disagree. I'm not going to sit here and bang on my head like my daughters do, but my head is itching the top of my head. You see me struggling right now, John. Y'all don't do this kind of stuff on your show, but I do this kind of stuff on my show. Every now and then, we, we, we may I scratch my head and because I ain't going to edit nothing. Ross knows. Ross Jackson, shout out to Ross Jackson for blocking those things. He knows that when I get to ad-libbing and scratching my head and making mistakes, that it's going to stay in the show. So It's probably uh, going to be a classic show, though. Oh, yeah. Of course it is. It's a classic show for a classic game, but no, the other thing with Ridley is they, the Jaguars just – they haven't treated him – they're not giving him the Devontae Adams. Well, he ain't even getting the treatment now. But you know what I mean. When you got that alpha receiver, mm-hmm. whatever you do, you're going to throw it to him. They're not doing that. And uh, that's because they've had other guys give them a lot of production. They they Trevor Lawrence drops back, and whoever's open, uh, first, second read, they get the ball. And – a lot of teams have decided that they were going to bracket Calvin Ridley, especially when the Jaguars line him up way outside like an X receiver, which he isn't. And um, a lot of people have teed in on him and ETN and said, okay, we're going to let other people beat us. But by the time you get through those first two options, the offensive line hadn't really held up too well. And Trevor Lawrence has been a little bit banged up. ETN has been a tad banged up. So no, hey, you know, the, the, the sky isn't falling, but, it's 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 it's. I always have to remind, just like I just said, they're seven and three. They're not three and seven. So something is working, and what it is is even though it's not the thing that we thought was going to be working, it's still effective because it allows other things to work. And so, uh, but those guys are still who they are. I think Calvin Ridley's on pace to uh, have nine hundred and seventy yards. I think he'll over. You know, he'll do better than that because he just had a few games where he was uh, banged up, and then. Just people were trying to take him away. He got back on track this week, though. So we'll see. We'll see. I think they'll both be a factor this Sunday. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, I know down here in Houston, the last time the Texans played, they didn't have Derek Singley. Uh, Jimmy Ward was out on the field. No Jalen Petrie. There was some missing pieces. So I think what I'm looking forward to right now, uh, going into this big game, because this is a big game for both franchises who hadn't necessarily had a lot of these moments. You know, you guys maybe more so than the Texans. But overall, we know the Texans had a Jags number, but just big regular season games. There hadn't necessarily been a lot of moments, I think, especially when it comes down to the division. It's been so lopsided. So I'm looking at a lot of these matchups, but I can't wait to get into just overall seeing how can Houston 
which was a different team from when they played and won the first time, take advantage of some of the things that the Jacksonville Jaguars aren't necessarily good at doing, one of which is stopping the pass. And Houston's coming in red hot, one of the, if not the best passing team in the NFL for the last five games. So that's a matchup I'm, I'm really looking forward to and I'm excited to see. All right, we'll get to it. We'll talk about the biggest storylines. We'll get to all of that. And one of those storylines is, I'm going to tell you right now, the statistic thing, the statistical thing that says we're not good at pass, at the pass, that's not true. That That's because they do such a good job of stopping the run that the way the games usually flow and how things usually go. They've had a couple of games where C.J. Stroud probably had the best game all season against them, and they haven't really been that bad against the pass. But we ain't going to uh, rush that. We'll get to that in segment number two. We'll do it in just a second. I almost said we're going to do it here in just a second on Locked on Jaguars, but no, we're doing this on a crossover between Locked on Jaguars and Locked on Texans. So we'll get to that here in just a second once I realize that, okay, you're going to read, okay, we got the sponsor set up. So we'll get to that in just a second here on Locked on Texans and on Locked on Jaguars crossover on a Thursday. And before we move on, guys, I can't wait to tell you about Prize Picks, which is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. You want to win some extra cash by looking at the more than, less than option in sports. You can just sit back and kind of play from your phone. Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. You're not playing against me. You're not playing against Wig. You're not playing against Cody. You're not playing against Trevor Lawrence. It's just you battling thousands of other players. Uh, and you're, I mean, it's you versus the numbers, not playing against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You pick the more than or less than on two to six player stat projections. Sit back and watch the winnings roll in. You want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' most favorite players like rap, rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Soaps? You can now find the community plays under the promo tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. Prize Picks also offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay and play even if one of your players get injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who leaves the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily daily fantasy sports platform with an insurance policy. You can't beat that. Go to prizepicks.com or look up the app on your phone. Use promo code Locked On NFL for a first-time deposit match up to $100. All right, we're going to run along here, segment two, on a Thursday crossover edition sponsored by Prize Picks. John Hickman, locked on Texans. Tony Wiggins, locked on Jaguars. It's time to talk biggest storylines. And if you let me go first, I'll tell you what it is right now. It's going to be the quarterbacks. It's going to be the quarterbacks. It's it's all about all of the narratives around this. Um, Normally, you you don't see a rookie halfway through the season be anointed the best in the league when there was already a, a guy in the league that's pushing to be a top six, top seven quarterback in the league. But that's exactly what happened. I think it's a little bit of a bit of a rush, but I will tell you this. I will preface it by saying this. I thought not taking CJ Stroud number one was a mistake. 
And I said it then. I said he spins it. He can throw it. People that said that he was a poor man's Kirk Cousins, I said they need to get their eyes checked. That is not who he is. That's not what he is. C.J. Stroud almost single-handedly beat Georgia. And I don't use college all the time. But I will say this as a team full of NFL players. And that night, C.J. Stroud was the best player on the field. So whenever that happens, I always say to myself, if he can do it then, he can do it when they get to the league, especially with games like that, when they mirror what the NFL is. I think he's great. I think he's absolutely great. I just think because Trevor has had some games this year where he hasn't looked great. One was against Houston, Kansas City, and then again uh, against San Francisco. Yeah, People aren't paying okay. attention to the big picture of their offensive line. And I know Houston fans are going to be like, well, when the Jaguars played the Texans, there were four offensive linemen missing. You're right, there was. Jaguar fans believe, though, they had a hangover from the previous week when they lost to the Chiefs. All offseason, everything was geared to beating the Chiefs in a home opener and in week two because that's the team that they had lost to in the playoffs. Back then, that's what everybody thought. The irony is, is that the three games we haven't played well and the three games where they have struggled have been against those base 4-3 teams, Texans, Chiefs, and the 49ers. And maybe it's something about that, what Doug Peterson last year referred to as the old school 4-3 alignment. Maybe they don't work, and, and, and because they don't see it very often, maybe they don't go against it, and then when they do, they have problems. And then those teams play with a high energy and give the Jaguars some trouble. So to me, the biggest storylines before I let you go is the quarterback situation. And so many narratives that's going to be painted based on who wins and who plays the best in this game. But I also do think a big part of this storyline going into this game Sunday is teams protecting each other's um, – they're opposing uh, their own, excuse me, quarterback. The Houston Texans finally have some continuity at that offensive line spot. The last couple of games, not only had they been able to do a good job of protecting CJ, which for the most part, that's been the case all year. I think even with the ups and downs and the makeshifting of the offensive line, they've done a good job of protecting CJ. They've done a better job in the last two games, opening up running lanes for Devin Singletary. But you guys have five games where the offensive line have allowed three or more sacks. And so for Houston, statistically, in terms of sack numbers, they don't have a lot on the year, but they're one of the best pressure teams in the NFL. And I think a lot of that has to do with what John Grenard, the four-year man, has been able to do while being healthy. And rookie <clears throat> Will Anderson, the D tackles are playing much better. So I am looking at the top, the front four, excuse me, for the Houston Texans to have a good day, to make Trevor Lawrence's life a little bit harder, get after him, get some pressure on him, get a hand in his face. And once you kind of rattle Trevor Lawrence, like cut the head of the snake, everything else kind of dies. And I still think that regardless of the up and down year Trevor Lawrence has had, he's still a quarterback you have to respect. You know, we know what he did last year in the playoffs. He's had some moments this year. If you are able to kind of rough him up and, and take away an element of that offense, getting pressure on him, it's going to be a rough day. And I think this is one of those games where, Houston's going to be able to get after the quarterback at least, you know, two or three times. So what has happened recently is you heard a lot of talk, Arden Key, uh, Nick Bosa, uh, over the last couple of weeks say about Trevor Lawrence. And it's been a, a lot of it has been misconstrued. And I really think Arden Key was the main one that made people start tripping, where they said the Jaguars like to get rid of the ball very quickly. They do. I'm talking about Trevor gets it in his hand and whop, it's out, right? 
It's like you take away the early read, the quick read. You know where it's going. You make him go through his progressions, and that's where he struggles. So let me clarify. I'm not going to tell you what I think they mean, but I'm going to tell you what the truth is. Trevor Lawrence can read defenses. Trevor Lawrence is not having the trouble seeing the field. The problem is, is you take away the first read, he goes to the second one. If that's not open, ain't enough time to go to the third one because the offensive line is, is making him run for his life. That's where we are. And sometimes it looks like when he doesn't have the first read, doesn't have the second one, then he gets a little jittery and you can force him to do something crazy. It's not like the Jameis Winston deal or it's not like uh, where he gets nervous or anything like that. Like Jameis trusts his arm too much and other guys get nervous and just panic. Trevor just wants to make a play, right? He wants to make a play. He doesn't want to get a sack to get in a long down and distance situation. And this year, for the most part, he hasn't been able to run as much because he's had a banged up knee. Therefore, it's led them to, to, to be sort of put in that little bit of a box where they don't have a catch radius receiver. They don't. They don't have uh, Mike Are, are Jags fans disappointed with – and I haven't had an opportunity to catch a lot of games from the Jags, but like mm-hmm. – I haven't heard Evan Ingles' name as much this year. Has has he still been what this offense has needed for him to be? Uh, Sometimes. Christian Kirk, what's, what's the situation with Christian Kirk's Kirk? fine. Uh, the biggest deal is Zay Jones has only played a couple of games. Zay Jones is – they say Calvin Ridley plays his best when Zay Jones is in the lineup. That's true. Yeah. That is not a lie. That's true. However, it's more coincidence than it is Zay Jones making everything go. But Zay is their only true sort of guy who can catch difficult catch radius balls. Well, they haven't, they don't have that when he's not there. And, and you know, he was limited this week. So um no, they people are disappointed because of the expectations, but they're not disappointed when you watch and look at a, 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 a club's performance. I think Calvin probably struggled in the Texans game this year. He had some drops early in the year. He wants to redeem himself. And he wants to get out there and play better. And I think he will. I think a lot has, has really been overblown in that way. Um, another storyline is the defense. I want to ask you about number four rushing defense. It's hard yeah. to run on y'all. So that. Yeah, it's hard to run because of who they are. A lot of that has to do with Trayvon Walker because they're actually missing their starting defensive tackle, Devon Hamilton. He was a healthy scratch last week. I don't know if they'll bring him back or not this week yet. I haven't seen the injury report. But a lot of that is just the way that they're playing up front. The Jaguars, when, they, when they're healthy on the back end, like Tyson Campbell has missed time, Andre Sisco has missed time. When they are healthy on the back end and they have everything going and everything works together, they may not get a lot of credit for getting a lot of sacks, but they do get a lot of credit for getting a lot of pressure. And the down-the-distance situation that they put people in because folks just can't run the ball on them. So they're 7-3. and three. You know, I feel like every time I talk to somebody about the Jaguars, I'm trying to explain something that's not going right the bottom line is they're still seven and three. They're still seven and three. So we got keys to victory and predictions coming up here. But go ahead, John. Have you guys? And I, I just kind of want to have a quick conversation now because you know I'm, I'm talking to you now. This is me and you talking. Yeah. Have you guys felt slighted? Like I'm on social media all day, and it seems like the the, the Jags are frauds. The uh, you know the the name calling, of course, is cool banner to have on social media to solve fun games, but like. Has it been like disrespectful to 
you know, you who cover the team or just the fan base and maybe some of the players because nationally it's kind of like we're sitting at seven and three. We've held this division to this point. Nobody has taken over yet, but yet we're still looked at as frauds. Has that kind of been, has that kind of been like something that's been going on is bothering some of the players or the fan base right now? Yes and no. Can I clarify? Uh, Absolutely. Once we get to segment three, yes. good, I'll do that. We'll get to segment three here in just a second on the crossover edition, sponsored by Prize Picks, Locked on Jaguars, Locked on Texas. All right. Segment number three here, uh, crossover edition, Locked on Jaguars, Locked on Texans. I would be remiss if I first didn't tell you about Locked On and what we've done. We've launched the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for your 24-7 coverage, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, right before... We uh, transitioned from segment two to segment three. John asked me if the Jaguars feel slighted and disrespected. Yeah, they do. I don't know. The, the players don't. The players don't talk about that. The players say they don't care what nobody says about them. Now, I, I say that tongue-in-cheek. I think that's football talk. I think they do care. But they don't harp on it because they can control that. They control the control. Seven out of the ten games, they've controlled it, right? So for me, though, it's a it's a it's a narrative that that goes beyond this season. I think once you've been bad for the majority of the time, people think that you're always bad, right? And they look and try to nitpick at you. Those are the same people, by the way, the football peers that tell you you are what your record is. But they don't treat the Jags like a seven and three team because they're they're nitpicking. Folks are saying that Trevor Lawrence has uh by the way, the Jaguars record over their last like I think is the last 20 games, the Jaguars are 15 and five over the last two years, right? The NFL, the NFL is not an accidental league. You don't accidentally do this stuff like that. You might do it one week or maybe another week. Like Houston last year, y'all had the number one, the number two pick, but you went overtime with Kansas City, right? But they weren't doing that every single week to people. So my thing is, is yeah, it's disrespectful, but when you really pay attention to it, it I don't even, it doesn't come across as disrespect, but it comes across as ignorant more than anything. And uh, it's okay to say that a team hasn't played cleanly, hasn't played up to their potential. Um, but it's another thing to totally say that and then ignore the fact that they're seven and three, they're 15 and five in their last 20. At some point, um, you got to just give them credit for who they are. Trevor Lawrence last year had 4,000 yards. Completed 68% of his passes, had 26 touchdowns and six interceptions. And people go, he's not living up to being a franchise quarterback. Are you kidding me? It was basically his rookie year because they changed everything after the first year with Urban Meyer. So it's almost as if there were some people. Let me tell you what they said about uh, C.J. Stroud. And I defended your guy. When C.J. Stroud had that game where he went for 400 yards or whatever and five touchdowns or whatever, they say, Pipe down, the dude just had a game the other day where he threw for 140 yards. <laughs> Let me explain something to you. He's a rookie. He's second in the league in yards. Ain't no need to get silly when you're trying to prove a point. It's okay to say, let's calm down a little bit. 
But no need to get silly when you're trying to prove a point and say, well, he had a game where he had 140 yards. Yeah, he did. And he had another one where he had 500. So what's the point? The thing is, is when people want to believe one side of a story, they'll do everything they can to hang on. Like the 140-yard thing is what people were hanging on with CJ, right? right? So with Trevor, they point to the bad games. Richard Sherman and I went back and forth. He talked about it. Great conversation, too. Right. And it ended, you know, amicably, but he said, yeah, uh, but, but but the thing That's is, right. is he pointed out two games where Trevor hadn't played well. Didn't say anything. At that point, they hadn't played the 49ers, but didn't say anything about the rest of them. So it's a total package. You have to go garbage in, garbage out. You can't satisfy everybody. That's where the Jaguars are right now. Keys to predictions for me, guys. Uh, ironically, the Houston Texans, this will be their fifth game in a row where they've played a number one pick quarterback Bryce Young, Baker uh, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray and now Trevor Lawrence and in each of those games the Houston Texans have done a very good job of getting after the quarterback uh, and I think that's the key to victory for Houston you got to get out to Trevor Lawrence I think I think if you make his day rough if you give him some of those hits where even if the ball is released but you're giving him an NFL allowed where you're not getting a rough in the passer which is you know you, you don't know when you're going to get one of those flags Give him some hits, you know. Make make his make his job a little hard, toughen him up, not toughen him up, but rough him up a little bit. I think that is going to help Houston a lot in their favor. Uh, I don't think that this is going to be a blowout. I think this is going to be a very tight and intense game that I can see going both ways. But I'm rolling with Houston right now simply because the changes that they've made, the areas of of improvement that they've gotten better in over the course of this. Last five-game stretch, specifically the last two games, I am trusting Houston to understand their opponent, know what 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 they do well and what they don't do well, and exploit that. We've been able to, to see them do that. And Derek Stingley is back, played phenomenal last week. I like that matchup between he and whoever they're going to put him on over there. I got Houston 27-24. All right, so that's a great prediction. You were very nice to say things the way that you said them, uh, but I disagree. I, I, I think what happens is in this game, the Jaguars now, they won't take Houston for granted. Um, I they're, not, they're not coming off the, the, the Chiefs' loss and then thinking like, okay, we'll just go ahead and knock them off and go to 2-1 and, and then go out and then all hell breaks loose. Um, that's not going to be – what happens in this game? Y'all had like a fullback or something running kickoff return back for a touchdown. Yeah, that game was really drunk too. That was yeah, yeah. Game. So you know, it's like you know, for for the Jaguars, it's it's like even though they haven't played clean all the time, what the thing that I notice is there is a floor with them that they don't ever go beyond. Right, the 49ers game, even though both teams were coming off a bye and the Jaguars were ready to prove a point, everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong, and that's the 49ers, right? What I'm talking about is I saw Houston against Carolina. Carolina has one win on the year, and it was against Houston, right? See, that floor is a lot lower. I think the Jaguars, because they're, they're two years into a program as opposed to being one year into a program, they got more pieces, more parts. They had that experience with the playoffs, and they know that they can – To argue that point, from what we've seen this year, just really briefly, the Jaguars absolutely have a better floor – but I think Houston has a better ceiling right now. I don't think they have a better ceiling. I, I absolutely don't. I, 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 the Jaguars now, Houston may have 
played and displayed a bigger ceiling. I don't think they have a bigger ceiling than Jacksonville. The Jaguars were on the four-yard line going in to be within three points of the Chiefs in the NFC title game. They are still that team. In fact, they're a little bit better. So what happens is, is they have to put it on full display. The difference between the Jags this year and last year is the rabbit has the gun. You ain't going to catch nobody by surprise. They are getting everybody's best effort every single week, right? And I think I don't think Houston's at that point yet. Where I think it's starting to turn. I think people now realize Houston isn't a, isn't a pushover, but I don't think Houston's getting everybody's best effort every single week like they're trying to prove something. And the Jaguars could play the Carolina Panthers 20 times on ice and they wouldn't lose to them. So that is the point that I'm making. And it's not really um, to, to, to poke at Houston or to poke at you guys, but what it is is y'all almost there. I feel you and it's coming, but we're going, I think the Jaguars are going to show this Sunday that you're not quite there. And I think the Jags going to win 30 to 20. Ah. Is it like a, a second half pull away? Is Houston um, I, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be a situation where the Jaguars, uh, midway through the second quarter, they'll never be a, a threat to lose, even though Houston won't be blown out. I just think the Jaguars are going to be in cruise control. They're going to eliminate the mistakes. And I think Travis Etienne is going to have a big game and Calvin Ridley. Since you oh, asked about them, they're going to have a big game. I'm going against that, man. Uh, you should. You should. I'm I ain't against mad it. at you for but going I, against I, I wouldn't it. go against it if I didn't. Like, if I'm, I'm just going against it, like, because I'm talking to you, because we do that. But I, I, I think the talent level of Derek Stingley is going to take out Calvin Ridley. I honestly do. Okay, I hope they guard him one on one then and don't bracket him because I don't see Derek Stingley get smoked. All right. Oh, I need to see that this year. I need yeah, to see well, I'm telling you I right need now. To see it Sunday. If you play him one on one, Devontae Adams said he's a top five route runner. If you play Calvin Ridley one on one, it's going to be trouble. Houston like, fans, y'all hear this? Like Dollar Bill said. All right. All right. So here we go, man. Texas Jags has been settled. John and I, I'll be with a postcast Sunday uh, if you follow Locked On Jaguars. But make sure y'all take care of each other. Me and John are going to continue this away from here. Until next time, Locked On Jaguars, Locked On Texans, make sure you join us every single day. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Jaguars.